Thank you for joining our Transform 365 podcast, a discipleship and teaching ministry of SWCC. We pray this teaching helps you to grow in your journey with Christ. We have some great resources available for you on Transform365.com webpage. Feel free to download discipleship materials, small group teaching, as well as peruse our training workshops. Also take time to visit www.swcc.org for videos, teaching, and more. We thank you for listening and your support, and we would love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now, for our podcast teaching. I love chocolate. I really do. I love chocolate. I love mini Dachshunds. Actually, I, I really, I, I, I have a heart for any adorable dog, but specifically, I love miniature Dachshunds. They're just so funny, right? They have such personalities. They run along and they're big floppy ears. They have tiny little legs. I mean, who wouldn't love that? I love after a really long day, a hot shower. Now, some of you guys are finally catching on because you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. But you know what? I would never consider dying for any of those things. The same word that we use for loving ice cream, the same words that we use for a good cup of coffee, okay? The same words that we use for a meal, the same words that we use for a movie, are the same words that we use when we are talking about somebody that we really, truly care for and would do the utmost to assure their safety and see our love. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, think about it. The same words that we use about our family are the same words that we use when we just had a great cup of coffee. Now, don't get me wrong. A great cup of coffee doesn't bring you bad grades. But I would never say that I love a cup of coffee in the same way that I love my children. You see, it takes a new shape when it's used in a particular context, doesn't it? It it takes on a new meaning when it's spoken of in this way, this idea of love, this concept of love. And when you think about Easter... I want you to think of this type of love. Not the love of an ice cream, not the love of, of you know, a movie, not the love of a pair of shoes, not the love of any of those things. I want you to think of a self-sacrificial love. I would do anything. Think of that family member. Think of that loved one. Think of that best friend, whoever it might be that I'm willing to do whatever it takes kind of love. And that's what we see in John chapter 3. If you would, go with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 16. It's one of the most common verses 
that's out there today. We see it at every end zone, don't we? Held up on a sign. But seldom do we think of its deep meaning. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. He who believes in Him is not judged. He who does not believe in Him has been judged already because He has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is one of the most overworked and overused passages in the world, probably. And I say overused because you see it everywhere. What does John 3.16 have to do with football? I don't know. But the truth is this. That at the heart of this message, it has some of the biggest richness that we're becoming immune to in the world today. You see it on billboards. You see it tattooed on people's bodies. But what is its deeper meaning? Let's start right from the beginning. For God so loved. For God so loved. In the original language, it, it, this, this word, so loved, for God so loved, it's God in this way loves. That's the way it would be translated if we did a word-for-word translation today. God in this way loves. And I want you to think on that just for a second. God in this way loves. God in this way loves that He sent His Son to die on a cross. It doesn't really have to do with God loves you so much. It's God shows His love in this way so much. that He was willing to display it on the cross of Calvary. God did whatever it takes to love you. God did whatever it would need, whatever is deemed necessary, to build a bridge between you and Him. God did whatever was required. We usually are inoculated to people when they say, I love you, right? Why? Because people say, I love you all the time. Because also we're kind of the show it to me kind of people, aren't we? Don't just say you love me, show, you, you, show me you love me. You say you love me, now let's prove it with your actions. It's a way of protecting ourselves from hurt, isn't it? We kind of, people say I love you and yeah, me too, Right? But what we're really waiting for is for somebody worthy to show up. We hold on to our affections of love till someone comes and proves themselves worthy of that return of love. 
Jesus is saying here, God so loved, God in this way loved the world. He had such a depth of love for the world, for you and for me, that He proved His love. Look at the next part of the verse, if you will, with me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God loves in the way that He would give His only begotten Son. In the original language, that word only begotten, it doesn't mean that Jesus was, was born and that He was God's only Son and that you know, it was like raising baby Jesus or something like that. Okay, that's, that's not what that's talking about. The word is monogenes and it, it means to be unique. A one of a kind. There was none other like Jesus and there never will be another like Jesus. And that's what the Bible is saying, that God held nothing back. That He would give His unique and one of a kind, His one and only, and there will never be another again, His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, God was willing to show His love by holding nothing back and giving His Son to die on the cross for our sins, for our wrongs. I want you to realize something here is that at Easter time, we remember love displayed. We remember loyalty shown. We see God's intentions made known. God says, my plan is to love you. When you read throughout the Old Testament, a lot of times people, they're only trying to point out rules. But if you really look at the heart of what the Old Testament is saying, is draw close to God because He loves and cares. In the New Testament, He sent Jesus to prove that love. God's plan is to love you. His idea is to show affection. His love is in such a way that He came to save you from what you couldn't save yourself from. In fact, 1 John chapter 4 puts it this way. If you would, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. By this, the love of God was manifest in us. That God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation. That's just a fancy way of saying payment. That He might be the payment for our sins. This is love. You didn't deserve it. This is love. You didn't ask for it. This is love. You didn't want it. This is love. You had nothing to do with it. I want you to think about that just for a moment. By this, the love of God has been manifest in us. In this is love. Not that we loved God. 
You see, we were separated from love towards God is what this passage is trying to let us know and what John chapter 3 is letting us know as well. We had nothing to merit God's love on a return. We weren't trying to earn God's love. We weren't trying to deserve God's love. We didn't care about God's love at the moment that He saw us and loved us. God made a choice. And it was to love us. In other words, God loved you even though you didn't love Him. But to show that love, He held nothing back. To prove His affection, He displayed His love on the cross. He would act on His love. He would demonstrate His love by coming as Jesus Christ. God loved you so much that He did not want you to keep on the road of destruction that you're going on. It's like the sacrifice a parent makes the children never realize till they have kids of their own. The late nights, right? The sick days. The day they walk into your room and it's 3 o'clock in the morning and they go, I float up. Oh yeah, you parents are already on the same page now, right? The stacks and stacks and stacks and mountains of diapers. The practices. The carpooling. The late night helping with a project that they... Oh, the teacher sprang it on me a month ago. <laughs> and on and on and on, right? Those are the whispers of I love you to your kids. And with God, He didn't just whisper it. He screamed His sacrifice from the cross of Calvary. He said it when He said, it is finished. He said it when He said, Lord, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. That was His call for us on the cross of Calvary. His was not just one of a whisper of I love you, it was a scream of I love you for His children to bring us into the family of God. To make us children of God. 1 John chapter 3, it puts it this way in verses 16 to 18. It says, We know love by this. I, I just want to let you know something right here. John is saying, We understand. We recognize. We see love by this. That's what he means by no. It's the experiential love. We experience love by this. That He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and, doesn't, and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? So John's saying, hey listen, this is, this is easily expressed in this way. Instead of the using the term I love you, just go ahead and show your love to individuals in need. In their time of need. 
When somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you know what, I'm really hungry. Instead of saying, oh, that's great. I love you. I'll pray for that. Go to them and bring them some food. That's the experience of love. John keeps on and he says, little children, let us not love with word or tongue. What does it mean to love with word or tongue? How many of you guys said I love you this morning to somebody? How many of you guys showed I love you this morning? There's a difference between word and action. Let us not love with word or tongue, but in action or deed and truth. You see, Jesus saw man as helpless to help themselves. He saw us as staying in our wrong, staying in sins, playing in the wrong, keeping in darkness. So He came down and He died to cover all the wrongs we'd ever commit, all of our past and all of our failures. It's like when you have a baby that likes playing with an outlet. They keep poking it. They keep walking up to it and putting their finger on it, right? Why? Because they like the little pig poking out of the the wall. Now everybody's looking and saying, it kind of does resemble a pig nose. (laughs) But they have no clue of the danger that's hiding behind there. And you see, God saw us playing with sin playing with wrong and toying with it, not realizing the danger that was there. And He came and He took that death. He took that separation that we kept poking at and poking at. And He didn't just say, I love you. He didn't just give the words, I love you. He didn't just give lip service. He gave the action that was necessary to prove the I love you. The Bible says Jesus did this action of love. This display of love through His work on Calvary. When He died on the cross. Let's go back to John 3.16. What does that word world mean? For God so loved the world. Today a lot of people, they try to do wordsmithing and try to make it mean different things at different times. Some people think that it means that it's defined by the word whosoever. The world is whosoever believes. But the term has acceptance and ties to the word salvation. And I'm going to explain that right now. You know, just like how Spanish, you know the ownership of something. When you're talking about a niña, you're going to give the same ending A to the same thing that you're talking about. Okay, come on. The the gringo can't explain this to you guys and you guys not agree with him. Come on now. All right. You guys didn't know you were coming to grammar class. 
In the Greek, it does the same thing. You know ownership based on the ending. And when it says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe, the whosoever is not tied to world. What it's letting us know is that God loved not just people that would believe. The word there is cosmos. It's literally, God loved you guys as His creation. He loved everybody that would ever inhabit the world. God saw His creation as broken and needing fixing. He saw it as sick and needing a physician. He saw it as sad and needing joy in their life. He saw it as empty and needing love. And so He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. In 1 John 2, 1 and 2, we see this defined even more. It really just gives it a full picture of light. And the reason why I'm using John and 1 John is because John wrote both of them. And so he gives us the proper understanding if we go back and forth between the two. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, he says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. So that's just letting us know right off the bat that believers can still sin. You and I can still sin. Just because we're sinners saved by grace, just because we've been redeemed by Jesus and He loves us, that doesn't mean we don't sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And He Himself is the propitiation, the payment for our sins. So Jesus is the payment for us. For us that believe that are sitting in this room right now. And not only ours, but also for those of the whole world. What that's letting us know is that Jesus loves the entire world and Jesus died for the entire world, but that, does that mean that the entire world is going to love God back? Does that mean that the entire world is going to believe in Jesus? No, but Jesus came as a payment for all. Jesus came to die for everyone. John says that Jesus came as a payment for all the sins of the world, for everyone. But whosoever would believe. Not just you and me, friends. He didn't just die for people seated in here. He died for the Muslim in Pakistan. He died for the Hindu in India. He died for just people worshiping demonic gods. He died for Santeros. He died for everyone. He died for everyone and all their sins. He came and he died for all. Jesus goes on in John 3.16 by expressing in John 3.17, For God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. Jesus said, look, I'm not here to judge people for the evil that they're doing. I'm not here to point a finger at your failures and mistakes. Listen, we all know we fail. I'm not here to tell you that you could have done better. I'm here to display God's love 
I'm here to show you love and give you the free gift of eternal life and forgiveness. It goes on in verse 18, if you would, look at it with me. He who believes in Him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus came to be loved, display love, to show love. Jesus came to die and make a way for you to get to heaven. So you could be from lost to found, from death to life, from darkness to light. But when you do not trust in Him, when you stay trapped in in the lostness and darkness, God's love is still there for you to take and accept. But you do have to make it your own. I remember in grade school, Valentine's was a big deal. Do you remember that? Like, just, and it wasn't like today where people are just going overboard and every kid gets a box of chocolates and stuff. For your regular friends, you know, you know what I'm saying. They got that little, you know, rip out card, right? I mean, for the kids that you're like, eh, you would still give a rip out card and stuff like that, right? If you like kind of liked somebody, you were getting them a pencil. <laughs> now, if you really like somebody, you're doing the chocolates, right? It's not like today where everybody gets a pencil, right? Man, when my kids came and they're like, I need to get pencils, I was like, oh, all right. And they're like, for everybody, I was like, whoa, we need to talk. But now I'm starting to get this, okay? So I remember this one year, um, I, I, I had set my feelings on this one girl in class that sat next to me. And I was very nervous. I, I was always a nervous kid when it came to, you know, that type of emotion, things like that. So I didn't want to straight out just say, hey, I like you and do you like me type of situation. So I was planning on doing that whole note inside of the desk, do you like me? Check yes or no. <laughs> and I figured Valentine's was the perfect time because everybody's putting notes inside of people's desks, right? So I told my mom, and my mom is the you know, typical Hispanic mother that gets overly excited when their kid is doing anything. And so she's like, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to do this together. It's going to be great. So she got a chocolate rose for me to give this girl. All right? And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Okay, so I went to school. I wrote a card and everything. And I put the, you know, hey, I like you. Would you be my Valentine? Check yes. Check no. You know, I put the sad face for no to really just get the point across. Like, if you say no, I'm going to be sad. And I snuck it into her desk because I went early that day. I, like, ran to school. You know, school is, like, three blocks away, uphill, through the snow. No, I'm playing. And... And so I ran to school, I put it in her desk early, so, you know, nothing, and, and, and as she came and sat, and I was like, oh, ho, ho, yeah, schoolwork, have to put that down, you know, kind of acting, and I was watching all day to see, and she didn't touch the chocolate rose and the card, so I was like, oh, something's going on here, right? 
I was like, oh, she's saving it. She's one of those. She's, you know, just making sure that whatever, at lunch, whatever, she's going to take it out at lunch so she can eat the chocolate at lunch. I got it. I got it, right? So she went through lunch and she didn't touch it. So I went up to her after lunch. I was like, hey, I put something in your desk. You know? I thought, you know, maybe she's waiting for after school. So I just maybe should tell her in case. And she's like, yeah, I know. So now that made me really like, oh, no. So I started turning red. And, you know, because of my lack of pigmentation, it showed redness. So I went and sat back at my desk. And I was like. And then when it came time and the school, you know, rang and everything. And everybody's taking the cards and everything and leaving. I'm packing up my stuff and I'm taking my time because now I'm really embarrassed. I don't want to walk out at the same time as her. And so she goes and I see the rose and the card on her desk. Oh, man. I was heartbroken. I was broken. A rejection of the tempt of my affections. Well, Jesus is telling us in verse 18. That God demonstrates his love for us through Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And his love is based on your acceptance. Are you going to take it? Will you take his offer of love? Or it be like that chocolate flower and that card just left, unopened, unanswered. If you leave it unopened, unanswered, and you don't accept His atoning sacrifice for you, if, if you don't take on His payment, if you don't accept His payment that He showed for His love, then verse 18 says then you're just taking on your own judgment based on your decision. It's not based on Jesus not dying for you because He did die for you. It's based on you rejecting Listen, you've already got forgiveness. Don't refuse the love of God. Those who accept that sacrifice Jesus made, you're accepting everlasting life. The tomb is empty. I mean, I want you to think about that. The day Jesus rose from the dead and walked out of that tomb was the day to prove that we will rise again with Him. Amen? Amen. Jesus proved in that moment power over sin and death. Power over our sin and death. He redeemed us. He freed us. He calls us His child. We've been removed from sin and we're guaranteed eternal life. Because of what He did for us three days after Calvary. And I know that sometimes the world dumps on us and it feels just dead, right? Sometimes our our faith, it feels like we're not growing and we're not doing things and, and we need to be further along in our relationship with Christ. Guys, stop thinking about Friday. We have Sunday, the empty tomb. 
We have Jesus Christ, His resurrection, and His return. Amen? At Easter, we're not just celebrating His resurrection and His empty tomb. We are celebrating ours. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because Jesus conquered the grave. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered our separation from God. Our darkness. Our pain. Our hell. It's a celebration of life. It's a celebration of new life that we have in Him. So are you celebrating? Are you excited that Jesus died for you? Have you accepted His love that He gave you on the cross? That He demonstrated by dying for you? Have you accepted that love? Because love has to be accepted. But he didn't just say, I love you. He showed, I love you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says this O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. How many of you guys rolled through a stop sign on your way here? No, don't raise hands, please. I don't want to embarrass anybody right now. I saw a couple of hands going, and I was like, oh, better prevent them. This is rhetorical, strictly rhetorical. How many of you, as you're driving, rhetorical question, how many of you all, as you came, you just one, two miles an hour over the speed limit? Joel, you drive a Porsche, so all of us know that you're, you know, 2015, something like that, you know. <laughs> the law says you have to stop. Complete stop. Not a rule, not a no one else was at the stop sign, so I was okay to go. You have to stop, a full stop, right? The law says that when it's posted 40, you go 40. When it's posted 35, you go 35. When the lights are blinking, right, you go 15. That's what the law says. And if you don't do what the law says, then you're breaking the law. Even if it's just one or two over. Even if it's just a roll. Guys, that's the, the power of sin. We're lawbreakers. And we do it quite often. But Jesus took and paid for all the sins, all the wrongs we've ever done. And that's why verse 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Why? Because the tomb was empty. The sacrifice accepted. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would ever believe in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. 
For God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. That's love displayed. Let's accept His love. Thank you for joining the Transform 365 podcast, a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.